Hey, that was a little bit of a snapshot into um, youth camp, which just happened a couple uh, weeks ago here. It was actually last um, week, but um, I, I wanted to connect something for you. Mark's already said it a little bit, but um, your, your generosity continues to invest in the next generation. Um, you guys may remember this, but um, before COVID, uh, we used to do a little thing called the bake auction, where you guys spent exorbitant amounts of money on cookies and cake and, and all kinds of, of goodies. Uh, but you did that to send um, seven or six through 12th graders to, to youth camp during the summer. And that didn't happen last year because of COVID, but uh, we basically took that money and we used it for this year's camp. Um, and, and because of your generosity, this year at camp, I asked Faith for a little bit of a snapshot. Um, we, had, we had five kids who crossed the line of faith just from Grace Point. Five kids who crossed, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> Another seven kids who want to get baptized because of camp. There's five kids who decided that they felt a call to full-time ministry. So who knows? One of them might be sitting here one day. But again, you invested in that. And I never want you to forget that what you're doing what, especially when it comes to giving and your generosity, it doesn't just keep the lights on. <laughs> like, that's good. It doesn't just pay the staff. It doesn't just pay our bills. Um, but you're actually investing in the lives and the souls of kids and teenagers over and over and over again. And I just, I just love that, and I just want to say thank you, partly because my kids are still in the youth group. <laughs> um, but I love being a part of a church that, get, that, that gets it. You guys get it. You're investing in the next generation, and not just the next generation, you're, you're investing in this generation. So thank you. Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit more today um, in a different way, okay? And today's message is a little bit, um, maybe a little bit hard for us to get our arms around um, because we're Americans, okay? And, and we talked about that last night, celebrated that last week, but... Um, one of the, the, the difficulties or the boundaries or the hurdles for us to get over uh, when it comes to being American is, is this idea or this thought, this goal um, called the American dream. And, and the American dream can kind of be summarized in one word. And that word's autonomy. Autonomy. You ever heard that word before? Autonomy. It means that you can do what you want when you want because you got the money, you got the time, and you got your health. You can basically do whatever you want. You could choose to do whatever you want. Again, we talked about that a little bit last week. But did you know in generations past, the only people who could do that were kings? <laughs> in the past, it was the kings who had the time, who had the money, who had the ability to do whatever they want. So you may not feel like a king of anything today, but you're kind of living like one. Because that's, that's the goal. It kind of seems like the goal of America. You've read the same stories I've read of the 25-year-old who started a business and sold it six years later, and now he can go wherever he wants, travel wherever he wants, pay for whatever he wants, right? That's like, that's like the goal. And some of you are like, I hope he's not going to say that's a bad thing, because that's kind of what I want to do, right? Well, that's, that's kind of, it's because that's the, the attitude. That's the thought process when it comes to America. It's not the typical experience for every American, but it's kind of the goal for every American. But, but what I want to look at today pushes against that idea. It, it pushes against that thought, the, the idea that Jesus' followers would run after autonomy is actually opposite of what Scripture teaches. It's the opposite of what we read. Again, don't hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with building a business and selling it. 
There's nothing wrong with saving for retirement. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be financially independent. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is being autonomous or having the goal of being autonomous as a Jesus follower, it's not, it, it's not our goal. That, that Jesus actually teaches ultimate satisfaction doesn't come from autonomy. Ultimate satisfaction comes from community. And that, that is, again, so anti-American, it's un-American. But, but every single one of us uh, who, who've placed our faith in Jesus has been invited to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves. And if you embrace this, which many of you have, but if you embrace this, you will understand where your purpose is, where purpose comes from. Because as a follower of Jesus, your purpose cannot be found apart from what we're going to talk about today. I know that sounds like preacher talk. I know it sounds like I'm a time salesman right now, okay? I know that sounds way, way far out there. But I honestly believe, as a follower of Jesus, me included, we are a little part of something big. You are a little part of something that God is doing all over the world. And we've been invited to be a part of that. Wow. So the way I want to talk about that today, the way I want to do that is, is look at a metaphor that the Apostle Paul wrote about. And, and we're going to look at this. Some of you have heard this before. Um, I believe that Paul wrote, when Paul wrote this, he wrote it to be funny. Okay? And I know we approach Scripture reverently and respectfully. And sometimes, because of that, whenever we get to parts where the author actually meant to be humorous, it goes right over our head. But I think Paul actually meant this to be funny. So if you have a Bible or a mobile device and you want to follow along, 1 Corinthians 12 is where we're going to hang out today. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, we'll throw these verses up on the screen as we get there. But before we start reading this, I want you to imagine what it must have been like for Paul to, to start all these churches um, with people from different backgrounds, different, you know, um, ethnic, different languages, completely different worldviews. I mean, th these were people who worshiped completely different gods. And all of a sudden, they're a part of the same body. So Paul wasn't just starting new churches. He was starting new churches with completely brand new Christians from different backgrounds, socially, religiously, culturally, ethnically. And so Paul uses this metaphor to kind of show them how they could operate in such a way that they would see how they're connected to each other, but they're also connected to something so much bigger than their individual selves. He's going to explain, and this is just, I think it's so important, He's going to explain the relationship as an individual follower of Jesus has with the greater body of Christ. Like there's an individual you, but there's also a plural you. If I said you, you, you could take that as I'm talking to you. But if I say it in a group, it could mean all of us. So there's an individual you, but there's a collective you, which again is so important in our culture because the temptation when it comes to American Christianity, is, well, I prayed the prayer. And I read my Bible every day. And, and, and I need to grow closer to Jesus. And all that stuff is good. But Paul's going to say, that's part of it. But you haven't necessarily been redeemed as an individual to stay as an individual. You've been redeemed to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And, and he's actually say this in a minute. You were instantly connected to other Christians when you decided to follow Jesus, whether you like them or not. <laughs> whether you agree with them or not, whether you meet them or ever or not. That you were automatically, supernaturally 
connected to other followers of Jesus. And, and if we just sat here for a minute and thought about that one idea and then compared it to our experience as an American Christian, it might just change how we view the church. It could completely transform how we think about church. So that's, that's, that's where we're going today, that, that you can actually begin to think that, that, that you, not you individually, but you collectively are the body of Christ on this earth. You can be the presence of Jesus, not by yourself because you're not that good, but all of us together, we are the body of Christ. The way, that we see it, the way that we say it around here is that we is greater than me. We is greater than me. Is me important? Are you important? Yes. But we is greater. Why did Jesus say, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, that's where I'll be? Why didn't he say, hey, just get alone with me in your Bible and I'll be there? Because he knew. He understood. <laughs> he understood. That sounds so ridiculous. Jesus understood. No, Jesus created it. This is where Jesus came from. He has been a part of a community since before time began. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's community. So our culture kind of writes that off as something extra. We've, we've made the main thing showing up and sitting in rows. We've made the main thing, you know, being fed as an individual. And the main thing, I need to get myself right with God. But both Jesus and Paul, both, they both come along and say, no, autonomy is not it. Community is it. I want you to be all about this because something can happen in the collective you that doesn't happen in the individual you. So here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. I think this is funny. If he didn't mean it to be funny, I'll apologize to him when I see him in heaven. Okay? Paul says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. And I think they went, okay, that makes sense. Jesus had a body made up of parts just like all the rest of us. So yeah, I get that. Jesus had a body. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. Keep reading. Four, we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one, what's it say? Body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. He's saying, when you went public with your faith in Jesus through baptism, you were united. You are united to everyone else who has ever done that. Did you know you're connected um, to, to John Wesley? Did you know you're connected to the Apostle Paul? Did you know you're connected to Augustine? Did you know you're, you're connected to all these giants of our faith? Through baptism, supernaturally, through the Holy Spirit, we're all many, but we're all one. That there is a, a universal, multi-generational, multilingual, multi-ethnic body. And when you decided to put your trust in Jesus, you were connected to that body. There isn't a Jewish body, that's what he says. There's no Jewish body and there's no Gentile body. There's no slave body. There's no slave, free body, no. We're all one. Many parts, but we're all one. Then he goes into the analogy. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, and I think everybody laughed because a foot talking is absurd, right? But if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, again, 
Who's ever heard of an ear talking? Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. So if the foot could talk, and it said, you know what, I'm really tired of getting stepped on all the time, and I would rather be a hand, because hands get to do so much cooler things, and I'm tired of being cooped up in this nasty sock all the time. Just because, just because it doesn't like its role and wants to do something else, does not make it not a part of the body. If your ear got tired of being an ear and would rather be an eye, that doesn't mean it's no longer a part of the body. Right? It's, it's your foot, your ear, your spleen. It's not a part of your body because of the role it plays. It's a part of your body because it's been placed in the body. Your, your purpose, its value, isn't found in and of itself. Its purpose, its value is found in the greater body. Application. Real quick, some of you, some of you have judged your worthy, worth to the body of Christ on your giftedness or your, your ability to, to, to give a lot of money, your ability because you can sing well or you can't sing well, you can speak well, you can't speak well, whatever it is. You've judged your worth to the body of Christ based on whatever you think is, is important, what your role is, what your role isn't, compare your role to somebody else's. But that does not take away from the fact that you are a part of the body. Because, here it is, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Come again, Paul? What was that? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, underline this next phrase. God has placed. <laughs> Say those three words with me. Ready? God has placed, say it again, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So there's, there's a uniqueness to you. There's, there's strategicness to this, that God has placed each of us where he wants us to build the body the way he wants to build it to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Now, this, this addresses the issue of, and I hear this often, I just, I just don't feel the presence of God. I just don't feel close to Jesus. You're never going to feel close to Jesus on your own like you will when you're with the body. Well, I just, Tim, I just, I don't feel like I'm growing. It's because you don't just grow on your own. You grow when you're connected to the body. I just, I just can't seem to find my purpose in this world. That's because, and, and please hear me, you don't have a my, 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 my purpose that's all about you. You have a role, role, role to play in God's purpose that's about him. And again, how un-American, right? It's like, I got to find my purpose. I got to find my place. I got to find what I got to do. And it's at this point we're just going to, okay, I get it, Paul. I get it, Tim. Can we move on? He just keeps on hitting the same thing again and again. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Let's see you get your contacts in in the morning. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And again, I think he's trying to be funny, but... But when it comes to how the analogy works out, this is huge. There is an interdependence in the body. 
right? Just physically speaking, the different body parts of the body need each other in order to do their job. And if the eye thinks it's big stuff and can do all this stuff on it and has got talent coming out of their ears, but it's an eye, that's weird. Or you're maybe, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, you know, after first service, somebody came up to say, what about the appendix, Tim? Good one. Paul didn't know this, <laughs> right? But think about it like this. If your appendix ruptures, everything's done, right? So wherever you think you are on the spectrum, God says, I put you there on purpose, and one part is not more important than the other, so do your part. Play your part. And here it is. This is what I came to say to you today. Here it is. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are what? Did you wake up this morning and think to yourself, I got to get to church because I'm indispensable? Did, did you think this morning, oh, I just got to get there? Or, or this week, I got to play my role in the body because I'm indispensable. Did you feel that way? My guess is no, you didn't. Did you know I don't feel that way either? I don't, because I can be easily replaced. And one day I will be. In fact, there have been some Sundays where I didn't show up because Mr. Kidney Stone showed up and somebody else had to preach. So we don't feel indispensable. But isn't it true sometimes that you have to act a certain way before you feel a certain way? Sometimes you need to do something in order to feel something. And here Paul is saying, hey, all the parts of the body, even the weaker, seemingly insignificant parts, are indispensable. The body can't function without them being a part. They are absolutely necessary. So here's, here's the thought. Each part of the body is indispensable, but it's not independent. It's needed, but everybody is needed. And then Paul makes the connection. I think this is where he's kind of leading them the whole time. It's where he wanted them to get. Now, verse 27, now, you. Is he saying individually or is he saying collectively here? What? Collectively. Now, you collectively are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That you, and 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 you, collectively are the body of Christ. That when people are with us, that's as close as they're going to get to Jesus on this earth. And again, you may not feel that way. You may not still believe it. This may be the first time you've ever heard it. But before Jesus left this earth, he looked at individuals. He looked at a group of individuals and said, guys, I'm out. It's up to you now. I'm going to send the Spirit. And then the Spirit came. And then 25 years later, Paul picked it up and said, he uses this metaphor. So followers of Jesus from all kinds of different places and backgrounds would know that, that you are the body here on this earth. And if you're not a part, this body falls apart. It's just gross. It's just gross when your part isn't a part. The, the way that he intended the church to work was which each individual indispensable part 
plays its part. So what, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Here, here's what I think we should do with that. And for those of you who have been around for a while, you already know this because you've, you've, you've heard it before. It's old news, but here it is. We need you to play your part in this body. We need you to play your part in this body. We need you to make a strategic connection to this local church by taking some of your time, some of your energy, some of your talents, your abilities, your faith, your willingness, and use it in our body so we can be the healthiest body possible. Okay, think, think about it like this. If you, if you came up to me after service and said, um, you know, Tim, great message, and you just shook my hand, you wouldn't think of anything of it. You'd think nothing of it. But if you came up to me and stuck your hand out and I said, hey, just a second, and I went backstage and I got a severed hand for you to shake, you'd never come back to church. <laughs> right? Why is that? Because a severed hand is gross. And you don't want to shake a severed hand. You want to shake a hand that's connected to an arm, that's connected to a body, that's connected to a brain. That's normal. So we need you to stop being a severed hand. We need you to play your part in this body. And there's lots of ways, lots of ways we can do that. But I'm only going to talk about one today, okay? And I realize, like, so many of you are already doing this. Um, some of you used to, and you stopped because of COVID, or maybe you stopped because of a season in your life, a season in your family's life. I get that. But if you consider this church your local body, I need you to figure out how to do this one thing because you, whether you feel it or not, know it or not, experience it or not, you are an indispensable part of this body. Okay? So here it is. And I have to use a little bit of guilt to get there, but hang with me and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Okay? I want you to imagine that I just called you someday and whenever I call people that aren't, will, you know, aren't not, you know, ready for me to call them here at the church, they feel like they're the principal's calling, like, what did I do wrong type of thing? I, I, I'm just calling you to talk to you. And here, I just say, hey, um, would you give me 15 minutes of your time? I just want to have a conversation for 15 minutes. I think most of you would be okay with that. I would hope you would say yes to that. And, and here's the reason I think you should say yes to that. And here's the guilt part. I... About 40 Saturday nights a year, I stay home and get ready to do my part on Sunday morning while you're out having fun, okay? You get to go out with your friends and go to movies and go to Hank William Jr. concert. I don't know why you do that, but I guess you can do that, okay? You get to go have your fun, and I'm at home getting ready to play my part. So if I just want 15 minutes, surely you'd give me 15 minutes, right? Okay, there's a couple of you. That's good. That's a good start, okay? But, but here's the deal. Even if I wanted to call every single person in our church and have a 15-minute conversation, I wouldn't be able to because then I wouldn't get anything else done. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to be willing to have a 15-minute conversation with another pastor that you probably like better than me anyway. Okay? And listen. <laughs> What you're going to talk about, <laughs> you don't want to talk to me because I have no idea what you need to know. I have no idea how some of this stuff works and some of this stuff runs in the individual ministries, okay? And, and here's the thing. I want, to, I want to be very clear. I'm just talking to those of you who consider this your church, and you are not serving on any kind of ministry team. 
Again, so many of you already do this. If you're already serving somewhere, this, this, that's, this isn't about you unless you're interested in joining a different team, a different ministry team, okay? I'm just talking to those of you who aren't serving. We need you to play your part in this local body. And our hope is that dozens of you will say, yeah, I can do that. I can play my part. I can participate in the thing I've benefited from. Let me say that again. I can participate in the thing that I've benefited from. Hey, I can, I can attend one service and serve another. You can do that? Yes, you could do that. All kinds of people do that. All kinds of people do that, okay? I want you to, to do your part by, by playing a part. If you're currently serving, if you're not currently serving in any of our ministry environments, children's ministry, connections, anything to do with worship services, tandem, anywhere else, I just want to ask you to have a conversation with one of our pastors, even if it's the furthest thing from your mind, even if you think somebody else will do it. No, they won't. I need you to do it. I need you to be willing to do it. And here's how you're going to tell us that you're willing to do it. You're going to pull out your phone. Everybody got your phone. I know in church you're not supposed to have your phone. Everybody got your phone. Come on. You got your phone. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to text GP to 94000. Okay? If you're not serving, I want you to text GP 94000. If you're here in the room, if you're watching this online right now, if you're in the tandem venue, maybe you're watching this later in the week. If you don't serve anywhere, I want you to text GP to 94000. When you do that, you're going to get another text back with a form to fill out with your name and contact information. You're going to fill out the form, letting us know some of the different areas that you may be interested in having a conversation about. And then later on this week or next week or within a couple weeks, one of our pastors or one of our ministry directors will call you and have a conversation with you about this, okay? If you have a 20-year-old phone that doesn't work like this, like Pastor Bob's phone, you can grab, you can grab one of these that are in front of you, okay? It's in the seat back pockets in front of you. You can fill one of these out, all right? But that's the, that's the application, that's the step to take today, okay? Let's have a conversation about this. Text us, fill one of these out, and we'll have the conversation. I need you to hear this. We're not going to throw you into a room full of 30 rabid four-year-olds next week, okay? That's not what's going to happen. You're going to have a conversation. You're going to be clear on what the expectations are. You're going to be clear on what you're going to be doing. You're gonna, maybe you need to have multiple conversations with multiple pastors, okay? But we're trying to be strategic. We're trying to think ahead, we're trying to get ready for the fall, okay? And we're trying to get as many body parts connected to this body as we possibly can so we can be the healthiest body we can possibly be, all right? So I've, you've heard enough from me. I want you to hear from people who do this, all right? So we sat down and we interviewed some of our body parts, and I want you to hear what they have to say, and then we'll wrap this up. All right? Watch this. Well, my name is Evan Gabriel, and I work down in Kids Point, down in the fort. My name is Melanie Whitmore, and I serve in the hollow with the kids that are about three to five years old. My name is Juan, and I serve in the loop on second service on Sundays. Perfect. How did you get started serving in that area? I, I got started by uh, seeing my wife. My wife actually serves at the fort and I saw how she would come home from serving at the fort working with kids and I really enjoy seeing her attitude towards it so that motivated me. Uh, one time Nikki had an opening with the three-year-olds and I said, you know, I'd help out down there and then I told her, I said, I really like it here and so I've been there ever since. So. 
I started in the nursery area, and then kind of when my kids got older, I kind of followed them down that, down there. So, What is one of the most memorable moments you've had uh, while serving? I don't think I have a particular moment, per se. I just, all the time that I've shared with the kids, whether it's on a boys' night out or whatever the case may be, seeing the kids eat a burger or repeat a repeat a verse that we've practiced something I mean all the all compressed together is really what I've what I've enjoyed I can't point to one particular moment when they get something or they remember something out of the story and they shout it out or their eyes light up like I got this or it's just been fun to see the kids grow and you know grow up in their relationship with God and um, just see them feed me uh, not necessarily what I give them but what they give me by I don't know they their, their innocence and how happy they are and how honest they are, it kind of helps me grow in essence and I learn along with them. So The reason I continue to serve is because I see a need. I feel that it's a responsibility to be in the body of Christ, um, to have a good male role model down there for the, well, the boys especially. When they're little like that, they're like little sponges and so I think they soak up everything. So I you know, hope that something of what we're talking about or they learn will stay with them and they'll grow to love Jesus. I would encourage people to serve because it just feeds you more than you would feed them. I mean, I, I, I don't think we realize how much we learn when we try to teach somebody or how much they teach us when we're trying to learn with them. I think to serve with little kids, you just have to love them and have a lot of fun because they love to play. And if you like to play, just get down there with them and have a blast. Just be willing to serve. That's really all you all you need to need to have. You need to have a willing spirit so that, so that you're able to receive and, and to give. When you were growing up, did someone who was serving impact you? And can you tell me a story about that? Yeah, um, I had several people that helped um, serve throughout my life. Um, but uh, I had some youth leaders that were, you, you know, he was a father older than me, but he really related well with me. Uh, we like to talk sports with each other, but just about life issues and all that so with him serving I had someone else to talk to through a small group and all that our pastor's wife she was really good with the kids and in her spirit spirit towards the kid they were always the most important part of church the kids that were whether they were three up until 20 I mean she always cared for them and and she always made time to talk to them and to try to teach them whether it was through a song or a story or a snack or whatever the case may be. I had a teacher, a Sunday school teacher named was Kathy and somehow we all had guitars and I don't remember how that all worked out, whether that maybe it was Christmas presents or something, but she taught through music and scripture and she just was one of those people that you do, she just had a heart for Jesus and God and she wanted all of us to have that same heart and she just really um, inspired me and made me want to, you know, love others. Uh, if your heart is in the right place, uh, I think you're qualified. And um, kids just are there. You just want to be there for the kids. I think you feel more of a part of the church when you serve because you feel like no matter what you're doing, there's some little something you're doing is a piece of what's going on. And I think that's fun and plus. These kids are asking to get baptized. They're hungry because they've they've learned it. Now, believe me, I haven't had anything to do with that. It's all what what God's done, and it's it's just beautiful to see kids that age uh, at that age making the choice to serve God. Autonomy promises a lot of things and doesn't produce. Community promises very little, and yet it produces. 
And I can say with 100% absolute confidence, it is God's will for you to function as part of the body. 100% confidence. This is part of God's will for you. And again, if you ever wonder why you don't feel close to God and why aren't, why aren't you growing, why don't I feel God's presence, what's my purpose, you will always struggle with that if you go looking for it apart from the body. You'll just be a gross hand all by yourself. I want you to be a part of the body. And listen, you might have to try a lot of different stuff until you find your part. You might have to stick with some roles until you find where your best fit is. You might have to keep looking until you find your sweet spot. But I'm asking you, if you aren't already, I need you to please do anything and everything you can to find your part in the body. We, we, didn't, we didn't necessarily on purpose put three people up there that only serve in Kids Point, but pre-COVID in Kids Point, we had about 120 volunteers. Today, we have 50. And yes, we're doing one less service than we were before COVID. But we need those of you who aren't playing a part to play your part. And here's the thing, and then we're done. We can probably get by just fine if those of you who never give anything don't ever give anything. There's enough generous people in our church that we're going to be okay. We're doing all right. And we can probably get by if those of you who never serve choose to never serve. It's going to continue to put tension. It'll continue to put stress on our staff, and it'll continue to put tension on those who are already serving. And my staff probably just hated that I just said this, but it's true. We can probably get by. If none of you who aren't serving, those of you who aren't serving, choose not to serve. But here's the problem with that. If that was the attitude of the people who were here before you, you probably wouldn't be here. You, you probably wouldn't be here. The reason you love this body, the reason you love this church, is because of the people who were here before you decided to take a slice of their time, a slice of their energy, a slice of their willingness, a slice of their faith, and connect it with all the other body parts that were here. The reason that Grace Point is the Grace Point of today is because people who came before you decided, I'm not gonna let somebody else take care of that. I'm not gonna sit on the sidelines and, and just receive and receive and receive. I'm gonna find out what's my part and I'm gonna play my part. So I just want you, if you aren't already, to provide for others what others have provided for you. And more importantly than that, I, I want you to see how indispensable you are to the body of Christ. I want us as a church, and I think you want this too. I want us to be the healthiest body we can possibly be. And to do that, I need you. We need you to play your part. Last thing and then I'm done. Those of you who already serve, I, I, I need to say this every single time we talk about this. Those of you who already serve, you're here regularly. You found your part. You're doing your part. Thank you. We could not do this. We are so volunteer intensive as a church. We would not be able to do what we're doing as a church if it weren't for you. So I want to say thank you. And those of you who aren't already, come join the we. <laughs> come join the we. Because we, it's just better. It's greater than me. And pray for us. Father in heaven, thanks for your word. Thanks for your spirit. I thank you for your people. I got my, my prayer. I think our prayer is simply that, that we would continue 
to figure out, continue to grow as a body, as we figure out what part we play as individuals and as we figure out what it looks like for us to work together as a body. And God, for those who maybe they're on the fence, maybe they they feel like they're a little bit blindsided coming into today, God, my prayer is simply that your spirit would show them, that would encourage them, would, would, would nudge them towards figuring out what part they play here in this body. And then that they would just have the courage to take a step and to have a conversation about that. And God, in the end, it, it's, it's not about us as individuals. It's ultimately about us collectively bringing little bits and pieces of heaven to this earth. In, 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 in this physical space and the places that we go and serve outside of this physical space, where small groups meet, or we serve through the bridge or Topeka Rescue Mission or wherever it is. God, we, we just want to be about your business. We want to be as best as we can possibly be, your body here on this earth in Topeka, Kansas and beyond. So God, would you help us all know what to do with what we just heard and give us the courage to do it. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Text serve GP 94000. You're dismissed. <laughs>